guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Uh, yesterday, I love that we talked about Shifra and Pua and other fantastic women that are found in this story that made it so Israel could have a deliverer. Well, because of the faith and courage of these two Hebrew midwives, God is able to raise up a great deliverer that will bring Israel out of bondage. So now you go over to chapter two, where I think we see one of the coolest little tender mercies in the Old Testament where you've got a Hebrew woman who conceived, she bared a son, this is verse 2, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him for three months, remembering that the decree from Pharaoh was to kill every male child that came in. So when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes, daubed it with slime and pitch, made him a little ark basically, put the child therein, laid it in the flags or in the reeds of the river's brink, and his sister, named Miriam, she stood off to wit or to see what would be done to him. Now, verse 5, the daughter of Pharaoh came to wash herself at the river, maidens along the bank of the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. She had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for her? Pharaoh's daughter is like, Yeah, great idea. Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away, nurse it for me, I will give thee wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. That's a tender mercy, folks. You've got a woman who's like, I want, I need to save my child, so here you go. And the way it all works out is now she is the one who gets to be able to nurse it and get paid for it. Guys, that's a tender mercy of the Lord, and I love that. That shows you the hand of the Lord in this. It's so awesome. Well, this beautiful baby is named Moses. Okay, verse 10, the child grew, she brought him into Pharaoh's daughter, he became her son, and she called his name Moses, and she said, because I drew him out of the water. Moses means to draw out, or to lead out, which is a perfect name for Moses. Well, by the word son right there, because here's a, a crazy dichotomy here, because you've got a Hebrew who has now basically got that Egyptian culture that he's going to be raised in. So by the word son right there in verse number 10, you click on it and it takes you over to Hebrews, okay? Hebrews chapter 11, which is the all-star chapter of faith when you go through that. One of the cool things is I want to pull up the verses right here. So I call this Moses's prophetic prep period. There's some alliteration for you. So if you look at these verses right here, it says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, which again, as he's growing up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. What a great statement. For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Cool statement. Through faith, he kept the Passover, which we'll talk more about that in the next couple weeks, and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. So now let me put all of these together for a second and show you a little pattern, which I think is so cool. So you have got Moses who was able to overcome popularity. He was able to overcome pleasures. 
He was able to overcome possessions. He was able to overcome power and he was able to overcome priorities. All right. And he was able to get all of those things in the proper perspective. So as you're looking at that, I think for anybody coming of age, whether it's a teenager, whether it's someone who's learning in their faith, I guess the question is, which one of these things that Moses gave up do you think is the hardest for us to give up in this world? The popularity, the pleasures, the possessions, the power, or the priority? Well, I want to show you an example of a young 16-year-old girl. Her name is Olivia Moultrie. Now, Olivia is one of the best professional soccer players out there. She, uh, her message was just in a face-to-face -face recently. So I love this little message right here, but I want you to keep in mind, popularity, pleasures, possessions, power, and priorities, and look to see how Olivia handles those things. So watch this. To fall in love with the process of becoming great. I would say I have fallen in love with this process of getting better every single day and now it's just like what I wake up and I'm excited to do that. My name is Olivia Moultrie. I'm 16 years old and I'm a midfielder for the Portland Thorns in the National Women's Soccer League. And I'm the youngest player to play in the league. I've been a professional since I was 13 years old but I made my debut this year at 15 years old. I had my first goal and my first assist at 15, which is the youngest in league history. When I first got here, people definitely didn't treat me exactly like just any one of their other teammates, because when I first got here, it was like, why is this 13-year-old here? The first thing I had to do was earn their respect, and once that happened, I mean, then it was just the journey to becoming teammates. So, I mean, most of the time I'm with the Thorns doing our team training, or if I'm not with the Thorns, I'll train with my dad and my sister here at our house. We were working on technical foot drills, accuracy, but I love being able to do it with my sister that she'll come out and train with me. I'll wake up and, yeah, eat breakfast or grab a snack and go out to train. I mean, there are definitely mornings where I wake up, I'm like, dang, I'm tired, it's early, but, like, I always feel better after it's done because I know, like, I woke up and did that and then lunch, second session of the day, whether that's soccer or, you know, a strength training or something like that, and then it'll be dinner. And then, you know, just hanging out with my family and finding time to do that. But also something I make sure to do before I go to bed is to read my scriptures, to make sure to look at the come follow me, but just to make sure I find, you know, a spiritual moment before I go to sleep is something I try to do every day as well. Setting goals has always been a very important part of my life, I think, the way you achieve something big is you have to set the goals so that's how you start, you know, because how do you know what you want to accomplish if you don't write it down and, and say it? So, I mean, for me, like I said, I had to set the goal of, I want to be the best player in the world. And there are little goals that go along with that, but like, then it just comes into working every single day and just getting a little bit closer to the goal every single day, taking little steps. You know, I'm just, I'm working and I'm growing and putting myself in uncomfortable positions getting better every single day, and that's just getting me closer. Every challenge can become an opportunity. A challenge isn't like something that stops you, it's just something that allows you to grow and work harder. If you didn't have challenges, how do you grow as a person or as a player on the soccer field, you know? My biggest spiritual goal is just continuing to use the platform I have and the position I'm in to just share the gospel with as many people as I can. 
In terms of challenges becoming opportunities spiritually, it's like something Elder Holland said. It's like, this is the one area in our lives where we get credit for trying. In soccer, you need results, you need to win, you need to you know, accomplish things. But I mean, in my spiritual life, it's comforting because you do get credit for trying. You get credit for trying to just become a better person and become closer with God. In terms of just balancing life, considering how young I am and being a professional, like the first thing I would say is just, I always have this grounding presence of knowing that I always have somebody to pray to, somebody to talk to, and you know, our Heavenly Father. And that's the thing that can always bring me back down from being nervous or feeling like I have a lot of things to juggle. And I pray before every game, like before the kickoff happens, I'll be standing on the field and I'll just say a quick prayer, like in my heart. And I have done it since I've been like 10 years old and I'll continue to do it forever. And it just gives me this one last like deep breath of like, I know this is gonna be okay. And of course, my family is so, so important to me. I mean, soccer may be the most important thing that I do, but it's not the most important thing in my life. It's always gone for me, faith, family, and then my soccer. I think the, the thing I'm most proud of is just that I am a daughter of God and that I feel like I have a relationship with him and that I have my faith that I can always turn to and knowing that he's always there is special. Okay, so I love that message because here's Olivia who is, she's 16 years old, okay? She's like four years out of primary, right? And here she is. She recognizes the influence she has in the world and she's not overcome by popularity. She's not overcome by that power that she has. She seems to handle herself so well. How she says, you know, soccer might be the important, most important thing I do, but family is the most important thing to me. That's a girl who's got her priorities in place. So I love that message and there's lessons certainly for us regardless of what our age is if you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast you can find us on youtube instagram and facebook by simply searching bomb socks that's b-o-m-s-o-c-k-s and be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel themed socks at bombsocks.com thanks for listening and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of bomb bites godspeed and have a great day